This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be Nerdchuck, and this is episode 266 of the Ask Gary V Show, and I'm gonna go right to the punchline, right to it. I meet a shitload of people, um, just an enormous amount, more than almost everyone. I just meet a lot of people. It's not that I'm cool or better, it's just I like meeting people, so I have a lot of five and three and seven minute meetings. I like people, you know, unlike India, who shies away from people. <laughs> when I see people, I like them on the street. I just, I meet a lot of people. There's no question in my mind that this next guest, when we met, after we spoke for about 20, 30 minutes, and listen, maybe it was India or Lindsay, I don't remember who, but I think it was you actually, India, who said like, I think you're gonna really, really, really like her. It, it was you, right, India? Or was you, Linz? Fine, but I just remember it was one of the two of you, or both of you, but I obviously, because I know you guys know me, that probably sat in my mind. Maybe you marketed to me, but so I, I will tell you that I think I have a unique kind of point of view on the world, meaning a lot of similarities with everybody, but when you mix them all together, it's got this very narrow kind of little sliver. Yeah, the intersection of all yes, of that. Yes, it's the intersection. Yeah, exactly. No, none That's of the where the power is. Yeah, none of the components are different. Exactly. I don't remember having a meeting where I felt more aligned. Maybe Claude, who's our chief heart officer. Who I met this morning. Fabulous choice. Would Love make her. sense based on what, how I'm setting this up. I don't know if I ever met anybody who I felt like complete, I mean, I gave you a quote in your book, which is unheard of for me. I'm so uncomfortable doing that. Absolutely. Because so I, I can't read and I don't read and I'll never read somebody's book to actually give a quote. So yeah. it has to be about the person. Uh, I'm just really excited about introducing you to my, my audience and this audience. And to be very frank, have enormous ambition. I hope much like in a very egotistical and selfish way for myself that everybody knows who I am one day much more on a merit and 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 kind of thoughtful and and just because I think you can bring value. I'm really really excited you're here. I've been really looking forward to this. Thank you. And Feelings I really and I really haven't felt many times in my life the way I felt after our meeting. I think we share that cross section. I would agree. And I, I would agree. And I'm very excited. And so please tell the Vayner Nation who you are and what you're about. Easy stuff. I am actually a drama researcher. And so I research drama in the workplace, how much time we spend in our daily life wasting it away, throwing away, using unproductive thought processes, disruptive behaviors, working against the flow of life rather than jumping in and going with it. Everything from resisting change to tattling to gossiping to focusing on arguing with reality and what's wrong with the world rather than how we can succeed in our current reality. I study that and uh, really am out talking to leaders in HR about how to do it differently, how to really approach things differently. So I why don't you uh, tell everybody your background? Let's go to the origin story. Sure. Okay. How did Cy Wakeman get here? So I started out life as a therapist. I worked with... No, no, no. I'm talking... Oh, origin, yeah. origin. Way like, back. Like, did a spider bite you? Yeah. Like, you know, like origin. Like the good stuff. Yeah, the origin. good stuff. Like, where were you born? Born in a small town, Belmont, Iowa. Love about it. less than a thousand folks. Siblings? Yeah, I'm six of seven. I was born to in a family of seven kids. Yep, cliche, and, like you yeah. like milked cows and like mowed lawns? I, uh, walk, I mowed lawns, tons okay. of them, yes. and walked beans. I walked beans and... Uh, 
played, you know, in a small town, played tons of sports, softball, went out for softball absolutely, basketball, volleyball, <laughs> all this good stuff. I was a member of 4-H. Gave oh, my, you were one of the, yeah. like, that means like you would walk a sheep around. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, I love exactly. it. I love I, it. Uh, my specialty, I gave a presentation on how to build a terranium when I was in the third grade. I and still don't know what a terranium is. It's a big aquarium. It's another use for an aquarium, okay. but you put plants in there. It's a little landscape. Right, right. I failed every science class I ever took. And I gave a how-to. And I got a purple ribbon at the Iowa State Fair, and that was the birth of my speaking career. And I, I am crew. assuming off the energy and just being in culture that the Iowa State Fair is a big fucking deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. If you haven't been there, get it on your calendar. It's Have you got? Deal. When's the last time you've been to the Iowa State Fair? Five years ago. And was it awesome? It was awesome. Memories? Memories, memories. Well, yeah. memories and no memories, but that's a whole other <laughs> yeah. story. Yeah. I love that. There's a bit of drinking that happens Understood. at the fair. Beer? But lots of beer. Lots Hard. of wine. Wine? Yeah, Good. that makes me wine. Okay, so you're an Iowa girl. Iowa girl. Iowa girl. Weird thing that happened to me when I was three years old. I choked on sunflower seed, was in the hospital for months. They could not months. figure out, could not figure out that thing had fallen into my lungs. They did two trikes. Um, I actually was in Mayo Clinic and they, I was the first kid they used the lighted scope on, could not figure out, told my parents I probably wouldn't survive and uh, literally walked around with a buzzer I, I hit to talk. Um, when I was little, relearned how to talk, and it's just ironic. I'm a speaker today, so that's interesting. Yeah, isn't that fun? You feel that ended up being an advantage for you because you had to learn how to communicate in different ways. I definitely think um, the biggest the advantage, adversity. the adversity, the resilience that 100%. you know nobody brought me home and coddled me. My mom was pregnant with her seventh baby, and right. she was just like, you know, giddy up, like Let's, figure it out. Yeah, figure like, it talk out. Talk to kid number three yeah, about it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So there was definitely a no whining rule. In our house, it was like, do not argue with reality. Are you concerned reality. at people try? I mean, look, so I don't want to get into the whole fabric, like like the modern parent trying to, like. but as a macro, you see adversity as an incredibly powerful, good Very thing, powerful. right? Very like powerful. Like a big-ass thing, right? A big-ass thing. Yeah. To the point where when I work with leaders, yeah. so many leaders are trying to create perfect circumstances so people give them the gift of their work. Yes. And it's like, stop protecting people from reality. Yeah. Reality is the best motivator. Yeah. And if you soften it for me, I don't get good information about what works and what doesn't work. You just prolong my agony. Yes, I understand. Okay, so... What uh? What happened next? So, uh, oh, by the way, real quick, Facebook. If you're watching, put in your phone numbers. Andy K will be dialing, and we will be asking Sai uh, and I some questions in a little bit. But I'm still on the origin story. Uh, talk to me about the high school years. The high school years. I didn't love high school. I'm just. I'm not gonna lie. It was, okay. it was a little tough. Uh, um, those Iowa for- farmers. Yeah. <laughs> those small football. School, yeah. Small school. I had about sixty kids in my class. Yes. Um, you might guess I, I walked my own path, and so were you I, an outcast at a sixty? I was a little bit of a, an outcast. Who, who I was, was somebody your... who was kind to every group, yes. and so because I was really kind to everybody, and I just wouldn't do the divisive thing. Yeah, I was a bit of an outcast with the popular ones. But of course, I almost made a statement like going to the table that no one else would go to, and just talking and learning their story, and just figuring out what life is like outside of my lens, not what life is like the from single, my view. The single best thing that ever happened to me. Me was I also had that in my head and had that want to do and my best friend in the world and the guy who runs Wine Library, if I showed you a picture of Brandon Warnicky's high school picture, <laughs> I, I, I love Brandon so much I don't want to blow up his spot right now, so I'm going to transition, but like that is, I, you know, it's really funny, I was in South Carolina on a book tour and uh, 
one of my friends from high school who's also happened to be easily the one or two, top two, or three, we all know this about high school, one, top two or three most popular guys in the school, we got together for a glass of wine, it's like five years ago, and it was so fun because he literally like, a lot of the stuff that was happening with me was happening, but nowhere close to what's going on now. But he was like, I'm envious that you were friends with, it. the whole conversation was, I wish I played it the way you played it. That's cool. I was such a dick. I was like, I w- I'm not, I don't have. I love that he's self-reflective. Oh, I mean, he's that's just, the power. Well, that's, that's, I was so, that's so cool. Incredible. But it was interesting that, it was interesting like, like how obvious it is to all parties of like, if you can just become friends with everybody in high school and actually mean it, yeah. like you've got a real, it's really a nice foundation for the rest of your life. Well, it's a lot of practice too in getting beyond the story. So many people just believe everything they think. They never question what they think. They never question the story that other people tell you or you tell yourself. And skip me on the story. You know, it, I actually had some um, pretty, a, a tough thing. I was elected um, homecoming candidate with kind of like the worst guy in our class. And it was a joke. It was like they elected both of us. And to like he pair was, you guys yeah, up? Yeah, to pair us up. <laughs> okay. And he was like horrified. This guy was like really embarrassed that, um, you know, that the class had done this to him. And I went home to my parents and I'm like, I am not going to do this. And my mom is like, you are going to go buy a dress and you are going to ride in that convertible in that parade. And you, you have to know your, you have to know your, your own truth. Now she said this to me, like you have to know your own truth and you decide whether you deserve that or not. And, and you go for it. And, uh, and then after that, my parents were divorcing. I, the way good kids run away from school, because I was a really good student, super smart. I became a foreign exchange student, went to live in Germany for a year. Interesting. And just felt like breakout, like there was more than one way to think. I just was hopped up What year up was this? On, Do you remember? Um, 83. Yeah. Eight, so this is Germany, 1983. Yeah, I was right? super hopped up on just, blew my mind. Like, there isn't just one story to history. West there Germany. Isn't, yeah, West Germany. And I got to visit East Germany. I lived with a, a, a woman who was the mayor of the city. She was an entrepreneur, had lost her husband early, lost her parents. Um, Anka um, von Wittke was a great... Uh, Mentor? Um, great mentor, super duper mentor. And she was a single mom, had a five-year-old kid. Her husband had died. She's a mayor of Delmenhorst, ran a business um, that and she inherited like, from her parents. And you're like, who's this badass German chick? Yeah, loved her. Right? She, we went to Moscow. We went into the Kremlin. We went to East Germany. We traveled all over the place. And it just... It blew and this my is 1983. Mind. This is when Reagan's like, I'm going to yeah. blow this fucking place exactly. up. Exactly. Cold War big It's cold. Yeah. In fact, I wanted to him and Gorbachev at that point had their first kind of like, did Gorbachev just come in? He came in in 83. I was going to say, you're testing my history a little bit because I also- I failed science, but I'm yeah, a killer you're in history. a killer. Because Andropov was um, right yeah, in there right, as yes, well. So before that. So yeah, yes. So I think that when I was in Moscow with her, it was Andropov. Yep. And then Gorbachev came in yep. right after yep. that. Yep. Cold so, War dead on. So then what happens? You go to college or you don't go to college? So I wanted to go to Georgetown. I'm the first of anybody in my family to go to college. Um, you wanted to go to Georgetown, Georgetown because you knew that Patrick Ewing was on the verge of bringing <laughs> an incredible basketball yeah. program? No, or but was it DC? He is, yeah, what was, you know, I mean, that is the. Pr- so that's where you wanted to go. I wanted to go. What I happened? had this. I, I didn't know a lot about college and I just learned about Georgetown. I wanted to be an international lawyer. I just, I thought it would be great. Yeah, you made up something yeah. in your mind. Yeah. And so I had, I went after it. I got accepted conditionally, but I didn't have the money. And so so I actually sat my first semester out. I didn't have any funds. I, so everybody went off to college. I worked as a waitress and uh, went back and lived at my parents, my I dad's house at the time with the new stepmom who was fabulous. And I waited tables and, and just hustled. Like, I mean, just not to steal your world, but I was just 
I'm, I'm going to get it done. And I went down, I visited um, Drake University in Des Moines. I mm-hmm. happened to be down there just on a shopping trip. I thought I'll stop by, started shaking hands, got into the president's office, got the presidential scholarship, just told the guy I got no cash. And but I want, you know, I, I'm good. I've got great ACT scores. I'm super smart. I want to go to college. And uh, he accepted me. Funny thing, I showed up six days later. Okay, so the semester started like January 6th. This was like end of December, seven, eight days later. And I didn't get the college move-in thing. Everybody had their parents and they brought stuff. And I literally just kind of showed up with my clothes. I didn't quite get it. And no one had ever really... Seen giving that? me that that 101 like yeah. college 101 so it was pretty funny when i showed up at my dorm and just kind of <laughs> just the put my on one your suitcase back. down yeah. and uh just waited they're tables like, where's your got futons? Through yeah they're like brought nothing <laughs> brought nothing um you didn't bring a tari yeah i get it I had get a blast it. had a blast did really great yep. screwed that up yep Why? my senior year got involved with a guy that just was Messed disaster with your head yeah I allowed it. No, he didn't mess with me. I allowed it. You messed with your head. Yeah, Yeah. I messed with my own head. But you were ready to get messed with. I was ready. I needed to learn that. I needed to learn that. Yep. Bunch of women picked me up. I was just talking to Claude. They taught me Course in Miracles, a bunch of other spiritual, awesome, no ego stuff. And I ended up finishing at another college in Briarcliff. Um, started as a therapist, became a therapist, worked with people, became a leader in healthcare, got my master's in healthcare administration. And uh, my team freaking rocked. And so they asked me all the time, come talk about, we give you something to go turn around. You go in, you turn it around. How do you produce these results? Your engagement's high, your results are good. How do you do it? And that was the dilemma because I couldn't give them the company line. I do it like HR asked me to do it because I didn't. I did it like I knew to do as a therapist. I'm going to teach you good mental processes because you're in drama and Drama is emotional waste, and the way you get rid of waste in the workplace is with a process. The way we're going to get rid of emotional waste is good mental processes. I taught people how to think so they conserve their energy and totally focus it on results. And what makes you successful also makes you happy. It's like the same, the same thought processes. And so it's it's accountability. It's all about accountability. But accountability accountability. isn't like whose butts on the line. No, accountability. The highest form of accountability is being accountable to the truth. Period. Right? So if I have a story that I'm not editing and I'm actually believing everything I think, I just, I agree with it and buy into my story. If you think Karen is destroying you. Yeah. Then Karen is destroying you. With your permission. And that's why I question everything. Somebody walks by me, doesn't say hello. I can make up a story that they're rude since they got that promotion. Or I can just question everything I think. Go, all I know is walk by, no hello, conserve my energy, I do go that create all, what I so want to int- create. I literally think things like, well, maybe they had a, maybe their mom got diagnosed. Yeah. I'm always optimistic. I I'm do always too. like, well, their mom yeah. got diagnosed with cancer last night. I, I know that yeah. doesn't sound optimistic, but, but, you, what, but I never think it's me. Me. Yeah. Because I'm not that important. Let's face it. Like, by it's by not the way, me. that's how I feel. Like, like, I, you know, I really, you know, it's so funny. I'm fascinated by the way you went with the title of this book, No Ego. Yeah. Because my personality does, you know, I just feel like I'm as in touch with my ego as I am with my humility. I think yeah. the balance of the two is it's the whole thing. Yeah, Ego isn't a negative. It's that you are aware and have it in perspective. So ego is, part of it is positive. It's what gives you confidence. Ego is different than confidence in that confidence is like I'm confident in my ability. And so bring on the world. Because what is the definition of ego? Ego, the way I define it yeah. in my work and in the book, it's a filter that... Um, 
distorts reality. And this is where you have to be really careful. So it's like wearing a pair of glasses that are the wrong prescription. Yeah. So reality may tell me that um, um, someone just walked by. My ego distorts it with they are rude and they treat me like crap. Tell me. How, and these are semantics now. Yeah. Because these are just feelings The ego is what creates judgment. No, it's what, what but, judges but, people. But when I hear you say that, what I go into is what's the relationship between insecurity and ego? Oh, hi. Because for me, when you said that, I'm like, no, 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 that's insecurity. That's insecurity. Right? And is that the gateway to eat? You know, uh, by the way, uh, these yeah. are the intriguing exactly. semantics to set now, a framework I'm, to semantics. Because for me, it's just weakness, right? When yeah. I see people puffing, um, I feel bad. Yeah. I'm like, oh, they're fucking broken. Yeah. Like what when I like when I puff, it's because I'm competitive. Like I, like when I think about like when I'm puffing, it's because yeah. I want to win this game. Right. Like but when I see it a lot, it's like, oh, you're doing that to hide that you're so beatable. It is, but it, the deal is, is puffing is, one is with motive and judgment. I'm puffing, putting myself above you. And when you're puffing to just say, we could build this together, you're just saying, I will confidently show you what I bring to the table and let's make this work. So like, ego comes with judgment. It's the creator of all stories. It's with malice. It's with motive. It's with judgment. Yeah. Because just being open-hearted and open-minded and available, but confident in what you bring to the table is not ego. Ego is the, What's that? the writer of all stories. That I think is confidence. That I think is um, being settled into the work you have to do in this world and accepting your mission in life. What, like once you've accepted so your what mission. Is, what is what is it? So I, what is it where you feel that you're emotionally unbeatable? Like, so like, I'm very fascinated by this one thing that's been oh, on my mind. That's the ultimate freedom. See, freedom is when there's nothing left to lose. Yeah. Why do I feel that whether you think I'm the greatest, and there's plenty of people that literally are like, you're the greatest because of my communication style and distribution. Yeah. And then people that are like, you're a charlatan and you're the worst, right? Yeah. But that why, story. Why don't I think either of them are true? Why neither is one's it true? They're both projections, right? Because right. what I think about you has nothing to do with you. It has to do with the lens I see you. Yeah. They're both projections. They're both. Um, they're. Their view of you has nothing to do with you, and so it's I their filter. That. It's their filter. You just. I are. think I'm a mirror. Yeah. You are a mirror, and that's why a lot of times when I come into organizations, people get really ticked when I talk about accountability because I'm just mirroring to them. I'm bruising their ego. See, your ego, here's the weird thing about your ego, is it, it needs to stay angry to stay alive, and so it has to stay irritated about almost anything, and your ego protects you from what's true. Yeah. So, so if you're into what's true, there's no, there's no harshness. Like I always tell people, reality isn't the source of your stress. The story you make up about reality is the source of your stress. You know, it's so funny. Reality I, is just I a thing to the, be in. The market is the market. It is what it, it is. It is what it is. Like I'm a big fan of it. It is what it is. Yeah. Because that's where if we're debating, if, if I'm right or if you're right on this thing, good news. Yeah. Let's just not debate. Let's just see what it looks like in three years. Exactly. Like I'll see you at the fucking finish line, Charlie. Yeah. And you know what? If I called it wrong, that's accountable. That's I healthy love, too. I it's like, great. To what wrong. can I learn from that and move on? Let's get a phone call in, Andy. Well, awesome. So, so, Sounds no, good. But thing. the ego, the Got ego it. really is our filter on the world and it leads to judgment and judgment leads to drama. And most of us have no idea how much our ego is out to play. And 
we don't even realize we think we are seeing the world as it is but until you realize your ego you don't have the freedom and so what i work with people like in no ego there are these you can create these workplaces where it's beyond ego like i don't have to teach you to be innovative or collaborative i don't have to teach you that that's your natural state once the drama's gone a hundred thousand percent yeah that's your your natural state so and so a lot of people want me to teach that go for it no no i think it was google voice Oh, you're doing the. You love, that would be well, a call I wouldn't want to miss. Let's see, who's this? So, Illuminate Solutions. Okay. From Corpus Christi, Texas. Come on, Drew. Don't miss your chance. Yeah, I mean, this it. is a once in a lifetime. So. I'm here. I'm here. I'm Drew, <laughs> Drew, you did it. Good, good, Yay. good. Drew, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Very good. What's your question for Cy or I? Well, it was actually for both of you. I'd like both of y'all's takes. Um, I currently, my nine to five is an IT director for a small municipality. Um, being in that setting, my question is a lot of um, decisions of, about you know workflow and direction and things like that uh, from an executive level even higher than myself are typically very uh, small town politically motivated. I typically try to steer clear of that, but what do you do when you're backed into a corner, kind of forced to choose a side? What's the best way to defuse it? That was kind of that's my an question. awesome one. It's a great question. Yeah, it's a great actually. question. Really Are you going one. first? You want me to jump go ahead, in? Go ahead. Um, first of all, um, part of getting rid of the drama is watching your language. And so if you're saying things like I'm forced into and how do you avoid getting forced into, um, you just don't have to agree with that. You're not forced to do anything. The best place for you to stay is in neutrality, not because you're trying to, you know, um, not be brave or pick a side, but because your job is to facilitate. And so you really watch your language. And so when somebody's like, oh my gosh, we got three projects dumped on us, you just stitch to the drama. You're like, we have three new projects. Tell me more and you're just always translating and if people are feeling like you're they're forcing it what i want you to do when they want to force opinions it's usually because they're talking about blame like who's to blame or whose fault is this or who's wrong and who's right what i want you to do as a leader you manage energy not people or ideas is you manage energy away from why we can't to how we could and so what you do is you just say um, rather than, you know, figuring out who's part or who's peace or who's side, what I want to do is let's talk about what we want to create and let's talk about how we could get there because you are the, the manager of the energy. And so when you get into politics, politics is just relationships with drama added. So if you want to you know, even change the word of politics and just get into relationships. And instead of picking sides, it's just like, I'm gonna seek to understand and seek to add that which is missing. And it's a really Zen way to move through it, but you're always listening for what people know and then listening for what they don't know and then asking them if they might be interested in hearing um, another way that could be more inclusive. And then that way you move into just naturally selling your ideas. The, Drew, I think Drew, right? uh, Drew, I think there's a couple interesting things that I want to add on top of that, which I agree with. Number one, uh, size right, but as we all know, and I'm, I know she knows, there's other people in the equation. Absolutely. And so, like, you know, you know, Ruthie 
could, you know, you could give her all this, you know, doing the right thing and she's still not going to respond to it. Rick is not going to respond to it. One thing I always tell people is like doing the right thing is always the right thing. Always. Like what Sai just said, just continuously always doing that and realizing that's the only thing you actually control is very liberating. It's so liberating. You're not debating or trying, you're just staying the course on that truth and I really do think that people are watching and you yeah. gain leverage from the historical correctness of your actions. If not in the moment, over Correct. time. And so for me, it comes, it comes down to leverage. Life is. is about leverage. And be careful of your own judgments because once you're judging, you're not helping. I always tell people, stop judging, start helping. Once you go, oh, they're trying to be political or they're playing games, judgment. When you're judging, you're not serving, you're not adding value, you're not leading. This is just someone talking through an idea with you. Stay neutral and just try and focus everything you got on what can we create for the small municipality and how we're going to get there. And people know from that repetition that that's really the only way to engage with you. I think what's super important on the leverage front, Drew, is the following, which is, let's talk about what we're talking about here. You have a job, yeah. and it sounds like you'd like to hold on to it, at least for right now, otherwise you wouldn't be holding on to it, right? So to me, here comes the leverage. If you're doing what Sai's telling you and doing it the right way, people are seeing that you aren't, whatever you want to call it, choosing sides, I don't, to your point, I don't like thinking of it that way, yeah. just you're doing the right thing. The truth is on your side. You're yeah. trying, the, you have the right intent, you're trying to execute the right way. Everybody is seeing that. If your organization is festered with small town politics, over time, the municipality has advantages over a business, yep. but people are gonna leave, people are gonna do things, like things will happen, there'll be turnover. My intuition is, you're gonna have leverage with those people that leave, and the good ones are gonna wanna bring you into their new world, Absolutely. so that was leverage. And the number two thing you should be doing, and everybody should be doing this, is you should also be creating leverage for you to have options and getting job offers or starting your own thing yeah. so that if you wake, if you get there to Thursday and you just are fucking tired of the 139th time that you had to listen to Pam and Jerome yeah. debate you about something, you should just say, you know what? Today's the fucking day. I'm going to work at this other place's IT. See ya, Jerome. See ya. But Gary, that's so important because people, I tell people, stay in peace, like stay and do this stuff and use your leverage or go in peace, like stay in joy or go in peace. But there's no third option. There's no so third many option. people stay in judge and stay in sabotage and stay in They're part of the problem. And they're part of the problem. They're part of the because, problem. You, know, you it's wake all up about, and you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. I'm part of the problem. Exactly. Stay in joy or leave in peace when it gets to that. But I also, um, just I know that you are always co-creating and so your response to that is so important and well, a lot of people come to me with drama and people ask me all the time Sai when colleagues come to me how do I ditch the drama I mean that's really the basis of the question sure and um you do two things. One, you say something incredibly positive that you mean about the opportunity at hand and where it makes a statement about you're in. And then secondly, you focus on what can we do next to help. So if somebody comes up to me and they're like, Gary's not doing this crap and Gary's really behind and he does this crap on purpose, I'm going to come out in a strong way. I go, I love Gary. Love that guy. What should, we be doing? what should we be doing to help Solid him? Cute. What should we be doing? He's adorable. What should we be doing to help? And most people will say, well, I'm not getting involved in that hot mess. And That's then right. I'm like, great. What do you want to do next for this project? And it just shows them we're either helping mm -hmm. or, we're, or we're out. Love that. And uh, so, yeah. Drew, any, you, you extract any value there? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Leverage, brother. Find one, you yeah. know, attack it head on and create a parallel universe that you can jump to if you feel like absolutely. you can't do anything about it.
Yeah. Most awesome. of us Let's get drained by our external environment. And it's only when we give that power. Like I can live. Pe- There's two ways to go through the day. Joy or misery. Same job. Same boss. Same everything. The difference is in the story, I believe. How much responsibility in these situations do you put on the ultimate boss? In the macro of everything you've been talking about. I think what it, percentage, you know, and maybe I like percentages. You want my it, honest? You want my yeah, honest? I want, no, I'm here for your <laughs> bullshits. We're all here, Cy, for your straight horseshit. zero percent on the boss. Now, is it good to have? Is it good to have if I have a ma- me? A high, accountable, yeah. a high accountable meeting, a great environment is yeah. the sweet spot. Yeah. However, for my happiness today and my success, I put 0% on my boss. And here's a toxic work. You're auditing a toxic work environment. You are putting 0% on the CEO. You're putting it on the collective of everybody. I'm putting on the individual at hand because they're the ones in front of me. It's funny. It's funny. I, and this is not a joke and people know this and you might even know this because I know you've seen some of my content. I legitimately think 100% of the issues at VaynerMedia are my fault. But what you're saying is, cool, Gary, that's yeah, fine. I want Have you fun. to think that. Have and fun. then I want Tyler to think that 100%, he's got something oh, to he do doesn't. with it. He doesn't. Jake definitely doesn't. Yeah, the I mean, answer yeah. isn't either or because that's the blame game. Is it the leader or the employee? I get that asked all the time from the stage. Is it, you know, so my employer doesn't do this for me. If you're the one in front of me, it's all you. Love it. Now, let's be forward. The Keep organization, talking. yeah, the organization also has responsibility in that. They're not going to be in business very long or win the war on talent. Correct. But it, the sweet side is when both is there, but I can only work with the person in front of me. I totally understand that. I love that. And it's my climate. I love that. Hello, is this, this is Mike. Mike, this is Gary Vaynerchuk from the Ask Gary V Show. And you're with Cy Wakeman. This is amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited, man. What's your question? Hey, um, listen, so I. Uh, spent a lot of time managing in restaurants. Okay. And I'm actually just two weeks ago launched my own company um, consulting in restaurants. Okay. Congratulations. You're in luck. I spent a lot of time as a banquet waitress, so I know this business. Absolutely. So I really have two things that, uh, that I see that leadership is lacking in restaurants. And the first one is blaming generations. Yeah. Um, I know this is something oh. that Gary's been talking about a lot. Like, but, this uh, shit pisses me off. So, it drives like, me these nuts. Mo- these you millennials. I'm going. like, are you fucking kidding me? Like millennials. Are, first of all, by the way, real quick, like '60s babies, and like, like it's it's so crazy. It's it's I walked in snow 14 miles. It's ludicrous. It's a story I make up when I make up stories about millennials aren't motivated. I make up that story to justify why I haven't adapted my leadership style to lead the millennials. End. The end. Oh, oh, by the way, historically they'll be. Pre- Proven to be way better fucking people than you two. By they the way. already, they already probably are. It's not even fucking I love this. close. You guys, anyway, go, sorry, people, you got us fired but people up. ask me if it's a generational issue, and ego is a human condition. It's not about, it's not an age issue. It's about a human condition issue. Hundred percent. So absolutely. So go ahead. What go was ahead. We're question? sorry, we got fired up. No, no, I love it. That's great. So, um, so what you said, kind of a little tactical there. You said that you kind of blamed yourself a little bit, and so you haven't adjusted your own strategies either. Yep. Is that what you're saying, Cy? Okay. Yeah, I mean, Um, look, look, I mean, I think what Cy's going to say, I'm jumping in real quick, like, let's just get everybody 100% account. It's crazy. I've just actually realized, Jesus Christ, my mom, my wife, my best friend, Brandon, like, the people I like the best are in the business of 100% on them. Because there's no no ego. I'm 100 on me, they're 100 on them, we never fight. And together, it's a sweet spot, yeah. There's nothing to fight about. I'm working my stuff, you're working your stuff. And, and I think one thing that you may want to think about if you're consulting is, you know, and this is where I think size is very powerful, we all go down the path of like, think about how you framed it up. 
one of the things I see that leadership at restaurants is doing wrong, what about fucking $12 you know, dollar an hour Sue? She might be doing something wrong too. Like you're supposed right. to be on time on your job. There's somebody else right. out there that will be on yeah. time. Like it's, the world's not against you. Like, you know, like it is, you know, I, I don't know. Like it's just so awesome to think that it's your fault. It makes it so easy. Well, it's the ultimate freedom, right? Easy. If I have the ability to account for how I got here, then I've got the ability to respond differently. And to, that's so much freedom. Like I could change this minute and I have a whole different life. My big thing for leaders, mm -hmm. like my biggest thing is real simple. Like I don't even see the logical path as a CEO or the leader of a company to blame anybody else. You're in charge. Just yeah. fire fucking Lindsay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I see I see that same thing with, with individual managers. If they're running their department but they, they don't want to own it, then you're failing. I mean you gotta switch that around. hundred percent. If Andy is digging around and not managing the sixteen people because it's super hard and he's got to do his own thing, like I see it on our team, yeah. but like Andy can come and talk to me. And then if right. it's, and Jake can come and talk. Like, it's all open for, I've created a framework where the door is open. Like, it's on you to not fucking walk through it. Totally. And, and here's the human phenomena that happens though. So something happens and as a leader or individual, I step down rather than stepping up. So let's say, let's take it super yeah. easy. We got somebody sitting at a table that it was the grace between two sections and they sat too long, right? Stepping down, I'm like, you know what? The hostess should have consulted me. They didn't tell me I had the table. Stepping up is I had a customer waiting. I'm going to jump in and make this happen. But people step down and then they justify why they had to and they blame their circumstances. Circumstances. And it's called right. BMW driving. It's bitching, moaning, and whining. Um, the hostess didn't tell me. I have too many tables That's already. Huge. So when you step down, then to fix it, they're already in a victim mindset. And they go, well, to fix it, we would need a whole different seating pattern. And we need to redesign the sections. And we would need, you know, to train the servers. No, you don't. See, everybody thinks circumstances are the reasons they can't succeed. Your circumstances are just the reality in which you must succeed. And guess what happens every day on the floor is we have some miscommunication about sections. Make it happen anyway. So what leaders need to do instead of fixing people's circumstances, they need to call people up to greatness. Given these circumstances, what are you going to do to be great anyway? How are you going to succeed anyway? So leaders work on mindsets and mental capability and when people want their circumstances fixed, leaders grow the people so that they can create magic in the circumstances. The ultimate freedom is my circumstances. I don't, it's none of my business how they are. 100%. I can succeed anyway. And that's the freedom you're talking about. Like, I know I can win anyway. My big, you know, that's exactly right. And then for everybody who's listening, like, why the, like, why are you giving the mental leverage to other people that are controlling your totally. shit? My biggest thing, like, I think this yeah. is out of competitiveness as I'm sitting here. I'm like, fuck man, the reason I don't complain or do that shit is because I'm not fucking gonna give you the fucking satisfaction that you have any fucking and how this is gonna play out. Yeah. Fuck you, teachers. Fuck you, yeah. like, like the current political, you know, correctness. Like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, who's in charge of me? Me. Yeah. Like, and like blaming someone else is literally the ultimate loser move of a human being. Right. I and just we gotta really be believe that. There's, there's a centered fuck you, and then there's a fuck you that still has blame in it. So when people yeah. are like, fuck you, I'm gonna conquer you through violence, and you cheated me, I'm cheating others. That's not what Gary's that's talking about. That's ultimate weakness. Yeah, that's, that's the ultimate, ultimate weakness. weakness. The, the fuck you is really, I call it immunity. What if you're bulletproof? What if I could walk in? And that's, that's the problem with engagement right now, is everybody's focused on what can I give my people so they'll give me the 
gift of their work. I'm like, engagement is a choice. Happiness is a choice. Your happiness <laughs> is correlated to your accountability level, not your environment. So then people go, so you're not into engagement. I go, I love engagement. When high accountables meet awesome workplaces. You get quadruple yeah. engagement. Yeah. I, I'll I, buy them whatever they want, I mean, you know what I'm but into? I'm not going to try and buy Sigh. the love of a low accountable. Sigh. What about alternatives? Because it's, to me, it's about alternatives. Like every time somebody comes in here after I've done every move on them, honey, vinegar, accountability, I'm like, bro, go do something else. Yeah. What yeah. the fuck are we doing yeah. here? Yeah. I was born in communist Russia. VaynerMedia is not communist Russia. Go yeah. fucking work at Ogilvy. Go work at Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. You're such a big fucking shot. Go fucking paint. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And, and the key about that is, and that's where our styles are a little bit different because I'm, I'm just a little more like, you know, hey, love you and don't let the door hit you in the ass. Like, oh, I'm by a, the way, by the way. <laughs> but your heart is big. No, no, I know. No, no, I, no, I no, no. Let me go a different way. No, no. Let me give you the real answer and they all know it. This is just me being a tough guy on the mic. I never talk yeah. like that in real life. One on one, I'm like even. I'm even. Too You're like an iron marshmallow. You're iron on the outside. I'm, and I'll, I'm I'll talking like this. I'm talking like this because to I'm trying. No, to try to impact. I know my energy for some reason gets people to do something. Yeah, it gets I'm, beyond ego. I'm trying right now to get three people who are watching. Yeah. I want to be their shield to get them to do something. And through that rant that I just gave, yeah. I'm hoping they're like, yeah. Might wake it up. In real life, you'll with resonate. Andy and Dima. I've met you in real you know, life. Like in real life, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm like, I, I'll be honest with you. I need to be a little bit more the, I actually need to be more like this life. Yeah. Because I do naturally want to help because I think I'm so good. I have so much to give. Yeah. I'm so settled. Yeah. You're blessed, and so you want to want to give. I feel more. it's a mix of guilt yeah. and like and responsibility. Yeah. And reality-based leadership, we and talk gratitude. about we're going to interrupt your thinking. Then the truth will reveal itself, and then we settle your mind and and move you forward. What was the second question? Yeah. The, the second one is: um, Do you think that the current state of whether it's, it's management or development doesn't allow enough for problem solving or for allowing people to fail and figure things out themselves, that there's maybe too much corporate structure or structure fail-safes to prevent, um, you know, whatever is defined as, as failure. You know, I've actually studied this, and, this and an there's a lot of it in my an new interesting book. one. Yeah, because I don't want to get into blame, but let me tell you phenomena that go on on. So in the last, like, 10 years, um, most big corporates – corporations have over-rotated on engagement and they're working hard to buy people's love, but engagement without accountability will create entitlement. And so we've just mm. over-rotated on engagement. Engagement's great, but engagement without accountability creates entitlement. The second thing that's happened in- Major, in, major historic flaw of mine. Is what? I am an entitlement creator. In a way, 100,000 percent. Yeah. No and question. And we learned that, right? I we have absolutely that. started the process of adjusting myself in the last 18 months. I am an ungod... The amount of entitlement that I have created at VaynerMedia for people that have been long around long enough is an absolute flaw. You know, even in India... I love that you India, know that. Your team will tell you every once in a while, I'm like, I want to help Gary not create entitlement. It, it is, you've, you've, right, you've oh, adjusted the course. Uh, listen, the you know, it's funny. Listening to what you think is important, my interest in never believing in my own bullshit is far greater than my ability to bullshit myself. Yeah. I am very aware. What I don't like to do is make assumptions or there's a lot of things you believe in that you know when you go into an organization, there's su slight variances of it on the reality of the situation. Yeah, absolutely. What I, what That's I, the next, when right? I, when I recognize the entitlement aspect, 
I just don't want to do the cookie cutter execution of how to fix it because there's a million variables that I'm aware of. Oh, there is, and it's got to be organic. I mean, that's. I mean, just the philosophy: document, not create, is why I, you know, fell in love with the whole philosophy of VaynerMedia. It's like because it's organic, 100%. and the the other thing to to figure out why this is happening is what we have done is we have really. Um, screwed up in our HR and our leadership philosophies and mm. I really dismantle that and I don't just disrupt in the book but I absolutely tell you how to do it differently and let me explain like in the last five years how much pushback are you getting um, you from know the what? HR community um, the HR community 10 years ago I got tons of pushback I've been preaching this for quite a while yep. and now the HR community is like so hungry because they know their way's not yep. working yep. they're like amen <laughs> sister amen mm-hmm. sister so we're just coming up now there's you know, there's folks that are pushing back. I get some hate mail. You know that you of put a book out. Course. It's like people are are after. But most people are. Do you love that? Um, you I'm going to be honest. What do you, um, where, how do you? I'm going to be honest. I got to manage my energy um, around that because when people write in, I. I probably feel just misunderstood because if you talk to my people go, well, I would hate working for her. And yeah. that gets me because I care a lot about yeah, creating totally like an amazing it. work I environment. Totally and when I, you know, I first started Do doing a lot more document and I, you get those comments online. Um, I just don't read that much anymore online. What about, what about I apologize to interrupt. What about the notion of being historically correct? Does that give you solace? Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. So in the the moment, it hurts. But where I take myself, I go, keep your energy focused. Because I know this stuff. I was sent here on a mission in this lifetime. That's how I feel. And it's to help people get the thinking back on track. Um, Because we've spent more than ever on leadership development in the last five years. Engagement has stayed completely flat. Something's not working where we're developing all these employees. And the drama has increased from two hours to two and a half hours a day. I did this research that showed that the average person says two spends two and a half hours a day in drama, arguing with reality, going, this is sick and wrong. This is absolutely ridiculous. I watch so many of your fans go, I don't have enough time in a day. I'm like, I could save you two and a half hours a day in drama, you know, just think what I you could do with that. I could save you an hour and a half of fucking watching YouTube videos and exactly. Netflix. Exactly, because now we're up to, what, four, four. hours? And so then, I mean, don't you, I'm going to... 816 hours a year per person in every restaurant, do the math, times their salary and benefits is completely wasted. And here's why, because we're teaching the wrong things for leaders. Even... Mm. Um, what we don't do for leaders is we teach leaders to give feedback. Now, feedback is good. It helps people understand, you know, their impact on reality. But self-reflection is where it's at. And so Not if, only that. The, mm, so I really yeah. want to jump in here real quick because yeah. it's important to me. The whole feedback conversation has to be talked about. Feedback is politically jaded and, yeah, and totally. has, is weighted. And a lot of times the leader it's who's your giving the ego. feedback is giving feedback predicated on holding back that person because they've hit their insecurity zone of this is my top and if I let this person exceed over, I mean, ego, I mean, feedback is loaded. It's loaded. And so the first thing, the ego's got to be a place, the the leader's got to be a place of no ego. Leaders have to do their work to operate at a higher level of consciousness so they aren't walking around with motive trying to, you know, bring people down. But Uh, after that, feedback isn't, isn't that powerful because of that. So I say keep feedback short, like one sentence or less, and self-reflection long. Because the power of a leader is not what we tell people, it's what we get people thinking about. Mm-hmm. Love it. So, Listen, Cy, do you yeah. use uh, the opportunity, open-ended questions? You know, Maybe it is just getting really, really specific at the end of a shift. Hey, how did you think your first bartending shift went? And just let that go and then let them 
spill to you. Yeah. What I love is not let them spill because I say things like don't keep an open door. I know Gary keeps an open door, but the open door can be a portal for drama. People just coming by and, sure. and complaining. Of course. And it, it's like. But for me, it's like, uh, this is fun to debate. Like, yeah. It's teaching people how to use no, you because well, the average person doesn't come in well, to listen, bitch and moan and whine to you. Listen, They've heard a show or listen, two. Listen, listen, there's so much to this, right? First and foremost, this gets into macro, right? First, all of us, all of us you know, have to be self-aware. Yeah. You have to know how you are put in a position to succeed. And the way you get self-aware is self-reflection. And our workplaces right. don't promote self-reflection. The main role of a leader is to get you self-reflecting. So let's say that you are um, at the end of a shift, right? It's like I maybe have heard from a customer some feedback that you need. But instead I get you self-reflecting, I would say, you know, table 21, um, Talk to me about how you think that went. And they're like, I think it went great. The customer was an asshole, but I think it went great. And it's like, here's what I want you to do over the next day. I want you to come back to me with three things you could have done differently that would have changed that outcome. That's an assignment for self-reflection. It goes beyond your ego. It drops you back in. Because if you ask an open-ended question, people tend to just vent. And venting is the ego's way of avoiding self-reflection. And self-reflection is the first step in accountability. It's accountability. But self-reflection is the foundation of accountability. It's a gateway to it. It is. It's the so it's the how foundation. How do we just hypnotize everybody to be completely in a mindset that it's their fault? You know what? I think when you ask me <laughs> the responsibility of a leader, because that's a designated group of people, I can teach them how to use self reflection. So let's say that you come up and and uh, you're. I I hear from somebody that your behavior in a meeting limits conversation. So I'm. Instead of me telling you that you're a jerk in meetings, I'm going to say somebody who cares about you, let me know that something you can develop in next is your body language at meetings. I hear that the way you show up inhibits conversation. But then I do something really important to unhook the ego. I go, don't take my word for it. Check it out for yourself. When you're in a meeting, put your camera on, turn it towards you on your phone, and then watch yourself later. Then you come to me with what... um, you know, you found out. So I always want to bypass the ego and most feedback ignites the ego. And so we teach leaders techniques to get back to the bigger part of your brain through self-reflection. It bypasses that ego. It gets you out of the crap. So the hypnotic effect you're asking for, Gary, is having having techniques for leaders to move right beyond the ego of yours into self-reflection, and then you're going to come at it from a place of no ego and actually learn something and make some changes. Mike, thanks for calling, brother. Yeah, thank Good you luck. so much. Sai, how has been, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're a client of Vayner Talents. Yeah, absolutely. How, forget about Best like. Best decision I ever made, not sucking up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Lindsay's excited. because I was, fi- I was excited. I was excited when you're firing Lindsay because I'm like free game, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm picking her up. <laughs> Lindsay, you're mine. Uh, Linz, congrats, <laughs> you win. Uh, can you take India too, Sai? Um, and so, Sai. Uh, yeah, res- package still. I on, date on, India. On, just, on, no, I'm <laughs> I would, Uh, you know, on a very serious note, on a very serious note, um, I think I date her boyfriend. Yeah, I think Uh, you do. I think we're we're uh, getting picked off here as a couple. So on a serious note, let's take the Vayner talent part out of it because I don't want, that's not what I really want to go. Talk to me about how it's been to produce a lot more content, be much more out there, the serendipity of volume of content that is organic and true, the DJ, what have you actually, what have you learned? What have I learned? What have you learned through the Vayner talent process that you came in known, you had, you had, yep. you had book, you had speaking, so yep. you came in, you I know, came, you came in, in further, New York Times bestseller. Right, yep, you came, came in further that. along than some, that, uh, 
what what was the most you know you 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 saw what I was doing yeah. I, I assume I'm yeah. trying to remember yeah you're it's like a great okay sorry I actually was drinking wine learning to ride a Segway a little hoverboard in my basement and um, somebody goes hey look check this guy out so I'm watching Gary V while I'm learning to do this hoverboard <laughs> in my basement with a glass of wine. And I'm like, he's on to something. I love it. It's really that. we have filmed from this. I'll show you sometime. It's a I'd blast. love to see it. What's the what's the biggest things you learned? What's the thing that uh, is completely like, holy crap! I just wow! I would have never seen it unless I started doing it. Yeah. Uh, and what's been like? Oh, that is so tried. Like, give me some give me some framework around this. So one thing I preach is that you know this whole way that I talk about being differently in the world as a leader and an employee. It's not something you just move the switch on. Like I write books on that. I screw it up, but only daily, but people don't get it from you telling it. It's like, we needed to make it visible for people, for them to really get it like on a daily basis. So what documenting and working with Vayner Talent has done is it's helped me make these things. I know from my research and when I work with individual clients, I know that they work, but it's helped me make them visible on a daily basis to people so that they get this stuff into their DNA. It like soaks in. So um, it's been fantastic because when people connect with us, our brand's buttoned up, there's a lot of content out there, and they experience what we really want them to understand about us, which is we believe the world's abundant. And so um, I will give you everything I have for free because I really care about changing the conversations we're having about leaders. I, cha- I want you to change how you interact with people. You can be happy at work. Suffering's optional. Like... I just want you to get this. And what happens is counterintuitive, but the more you give away, the more people crave it from you personally and in a formal way. So I have all these speakers go, Cy, you're nuts. You just give everything away. Why would they ever pay you to come? Story and of my life. Yeah. And I'm just like, uh, well, I tell you is that when people get into this, they feel the relief. They feel the like, work can be so cool that they are dying to meet me. And in fact, one of the coolest things I learned was that there's, everybody is selling to the decision maker, but the decision maker is being, is, yeah, is being influenced. And the decision maker doesn't really make decisions because they're so scared. They just sit there, they think about making decisions, but they never make a buying decision. Like, so everybody in my industry is like, I have a sales team of 10 and we go talk to the CHROs and, and they go, what's your sales team? I go, I, Build a fucking brand yeah. and let them I come. go, you know, I'm really, I'm with Vayner Talent and it's hard to explain to them because most people aren't that up to date. <laughs> Thank God I have eight sons because the only reason I can like <laughs> do half of this technology being 52. But when I explain that to them, I say, you know, imagine this. Wait a minute, you have eight sons? I have eight sons, Richard and I, four I gave birth to, four somebody else. Um, I gave birth to and Rich raised four, not somebody else, Richard, <laughs> <Got> my <it>. husband. <laughs> so, yeah, so we have eight together, ages 26 through 14. So that when you talk phenomenal. about this next generation, I am like, Are they competitive? Um, no, not necessarily. <sighs> They're competitive in the world, but not with each other. Yeah, we got college football players. No, we I got, get it, but I just, yeah. I love competition. I know you do. But there's peaceful why, competition. Why do I like there's competition like peaceful so edginess. No, yeah, I have some yeah. of that. Yeah. I have it. You know where I have that? Where it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, I take wiffle ball way too serious. I take ping pong exactly. way... Exactly. I don't... But in life... In life... I'm the other you're not, I was going to say, you're not competitive in life. You're a generous, I want to win, but not at anybody's yeah. expense. And I want to win in a manner that will help others win. Yeah. And that's where people whereas confuse... In, whereas, whereas in darts... Yeah, it's I, different. If you and I play darts tonight... And let's say for some weird reason you were phenomenal in darts because at the Iowa State Fair, the darts was the big thing. I was going to say, be careful. And, and like you killed me. I could throw a dart at you. 
Like yeah. I get weird. Like you that's get where I'm weird. But I think no, I do the weird thing stuff. Is, is when yes, the I stage, AJ, like mm-hmm. Stefan, you know this. Yeah, it's but a, that's not play. weird, right? That, you're you're yeah. I'm but weird. you're using your competitiveness for play. It's a part of you that you like to bring out and play. Competitiveness gets you in a zero sum game quickly at work because 100%. to compete, it's like I gotta win, you gotta lose. What if we yeah. collaborate so they both yeah. win? And and that's what people don't get because um, I tell them, imagine this: you've got a chief HR officer, and um, instead of you selling to them, they get a video forwarded to them from forwarded from forty people, and they've tried to get these millennials in training, and they skip it all the time. Imagine if they go, hey have you heard about this woman? And they just send the content that I've been feeding them. It's like that yeah. influence, that HR it. person's I on the phone it. going, I have to bring you in. All I my get. people love you. Listen, it, And they're dying to be a success. And then I go in, I make them a success. But I get what, I can't give words to it, but I get where you're going with it. The night I was on the hoverboard and I'm watching you, I said, and my, my team will tell you, I'm like, holy shit, this is it. I don't need a sales force. This is it. And it fits in with my philosophy that, I will feed the masses, and anybody who wants a graduate course on it, you know what? then you can you pay know, me for the you, graduate you, course. You know what? You figured it out because we actually that's a, we actually have a need to have both. I, when I think about my wants and selfish needs and desires for myself yeah. as an entrepreneur, I want to be an all-time entrepreneur, but it never crossed my mind that the amount of money was the score. Yeah, that's not how I keep I, score. I never thought, I knew I needed to make enough. I love like, money, look, don't look, get me wrong. If I'm the best guy and everybody, like, then I, you know, I needed it yeah. at some level. But the impact on the next generation of entrepreneurs to do it the right way, yeah. honey empire, right? People, honey empire. If people can conquer their mindsets and figure out the entrepreneur mindset, the no ego mindset, and I can help with that in the world, Kill me it. now. Kill me I now. No, I, I like the, the cash involved in it, and you've got to do a good job managing the cash. Um, you got to say no, we need to say no, yes, we need to say yes. But for the, the masses, I just want the conversation out there. And so my biggest aha, the power of social media blew me away. Like when I first started and we switched a lot of my pages over, I mean, we started over from zero. That was blind trust. So like, we're crashing your Facebook page. We're crashing. <laughs> How many followers you got, Sai? Okay, zero. And yep. I watched the first number one. Come on, like follower number one. I'm like, oh my God. Well, they have a was follower. it son number four? Yeah, probably. Because <laughs> I'm like, you will go follow your mom. They're like, my kids are like, we don't even do Facebook. That's old stuff. But, but um, watching that happen and just be, you know, not obsessed with the numbers, but just watching it's an idea feedback. spread. It's the feedback. Yeah, but an idea spread, like I'm in the airport and people are like, I recognized your voice and you helped me. Like when people write in, like I, I'm in the same job. Do you love but, taking a selfie in an airport? Like, like, have you been recognized yet from like all this content? Oh yeah. It's yeah, fun, right? Yeah. It's pretty fun. I'm not going to lie. loves it. Uh, India loves being famous. India, I can't tell Oh my you. God. When that stalker took a picture of her like apartment building, she was super pumped. <laughs> my kids think it's really dorky. It's so funny for them because they're like, oh mom, mom, stop talking to people. Stop taking selfies. And for me, I hope it's not an people? ego thing. Do I you, hope it's not an ego thing, but you, I'm glad to hear the story that they were helped. I want to wrap up with this. Okay. This is a very weird question. Okay. When you walk in the airport, do you look at people's eyes? Do you like look at people directly in their face? Okay, here's the deal. When I'm in a good centered place, 
when I'm centered, I make eye contact and I try and look deep in their eyes. Okay? And I'm talking random. I'm, yeah. talk, I'm just random talking like people. you got it. Like tomorrow. I, so tomorrow I'm going to go to the airport. Yeah. I'm flying to Seattle. Yeah. And uh, I will look at every single person's face like the way I'm looking at Jake yeah. right now. I mean it. It's so, now, when I'm low energy, I'm a total introvert, believe it or not. I go in and I just want to totally like disappear what? into my seat. You stare at people's faces. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you're D-Rock's hoping scared. that they're going to yeah. recognize you, D-Rock. I know what yeah. you're doing. <laughs> no, but w- if I want to be in touch with the human race and oh, if I want to stay humble, I got to look people in the eye and see right there that they're a whole person trying to get their deal done like even if you just for me i like to do it because i like to project I'm, compassion I, me i'm so into it like i'm I, I was i really wanted to ask you that i don't know i just love the idea of looking at everybody's faces and like i love smiling i was at just people. gonna say i smile at people i get a smile people back love it yeah they it's love so it. good well isn't our main human need to be I seen so. to be like somebody saw us i think so like how cool of a gift can you give people to go, I really saw you today? I think about this shit all the time. I'm like, wow, it costs you nothing. Nothing. And like, and when I mean nothing, I'm cost. It, like, it takes a hundredth of a fucking second because yeah. time and energy is something. Yeah. But it means so much. Like people get, I, you but know what? I really cultures. hope everybody does it. Yeah, I hope everybody's watching this smiles in people's faces smiles today. When I'm traveling <laughs> in India, just the whole concept of namaste is like the spirit of me sees the spirit of yeah. you. Like I see you. And I think that, um, a lot of people tell me they don't get opportunities, and I think it's because you don't look people in the they're, eye and engage they're, people. They're in the no business side. Yeah, absolutely. People are, people are in either the yes business or the, the no, no business. business. Yeah. People are just saying no. Well, there's science behind that. You can ask somebody how lucky they think they are, and they can rate themselves super lucky. And while they're doing that, you put money out in the parkway that they have to walk through to get to their car or their train. Like, you hang money from trees and put money <laughs> on the ground. And the people who rate themselves lucky find the money the people who rate themselves not lucky don't find the money and it's the same money it's set up in the same place I, that's where people say they don't when, see opportunity when, they when, never meet people when the human they're not doing when that. the human beings get to the place in time where they map the brain the brain yeah. is the grossly underrated thing in our society yeah, we're already there where we're mapping but, it but you know what i mean yeah, right like absolutely. the brains are fucking up op- like, like honestly like I'm not into like the secret. Like I wish a million dollars, but like, but that. the but I am into singularity and all the the we brain can is, the brain's yeah. underrated. It's I'm telling totally you, the brain's underrated. underrated. Like, so and the I, more we understand our brain, which is understanding ego, the better we are. So I, I did something weird seven years ago. I need your help. Okay. I decided on a flight that I would not get sick again, like a cold, and I haven't. And and there's a couple things. This is where I get very weird, and everybody's gonna make fun of me in the comments. And I get that I'm not right. Like I'm, I'm willing to play the logical part of this out, but a couple of fun facts on me not getting sick from the day that I decided that I wasn't going to get sick. Number one, I used to I would, tell my team getting would, sick is for victims, but anyway, go ahead. I believe in this shit. <laughs> I, uh, I generally like when I think about who calls out from work and how it maps in my brain, it's a very funny game. Anyway, going back to this seven years ago, I decided I'm not going to get sick. The prior years, I would be sick minimally once a year where I would have to stay home because I had a fever, 102, 103, 104, like dead, like, like really truly sick. Since this day on this flight, I have not. Here are a couple fun facts that I need to give you in data before you answer. Number one, I don't wash my hands. Number two, I travel a shitload and shake hands and kiss babies. Uh, I, I, 
need you to, I, I, I work a whole lot. I need you to, I, I need you to answer why I decided mentally never to get sick again and have not. Sorry. Right after you knock on wood. No, I'm kidding. That's <laughs> true. Like, like on a very, I'm obviously yeah, joking, obvious, but, but I'm making a joke to yeah. wrap up this episode. You got to ask the question a day. So think about that. But the reason I just told that story is whatever the fuck is happening there, boy, does it feel like it maps to everything we've been talking about, which is this is a fucking mindset. Yeah, it is a mindset. This is a, this is a religion. Yeah. This is it binary. Is, it's a daily practice. This is a binary. Yeah. And it's all about, and, and all, reads, all roads lead to this. Every universal principle, every spirituality, every philosophy, everything you can find leads to this whole um, being able to understand your mind and move beyond it and operate in new ways in your own brain. It's all related. All past, whether it's transcendental yes. meditation, all past lead to the center. But you can't be is, delusional, right? right? Like that's where like you got to have that balance of like mindset and like, like reality and tr- why you talk about truth. Yeah. It's all Indy, about- how many sick days do you average a year? Zero, one, four, nine, two, zero. Yep, makes sense. All right, question of the day, Sai. You are so <laughs> funny. My question of the day, and uh, um, I know that. I know when you were on when you were on this team. But but that's interesting, right? Yeah. Zero for India when she was on Team Gary V. Like tons when she's in the Vayner Media machine. Uh oh. Uh oh. It's an insight. Part of it too is me and Andy uh, both ate the same spoiled fish the other night. Oh. He got food poisoning and stayed home. Interesting. Some of it too has to do with your resiliency factor. I was about so, to win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my question of the there. day, yes. and this is a question for self-reflection because the way you get out of ego and you get into self-reflection is um, who would you be without your story? Interesting. Like, who would you be? What would you be doing if you didn't have the story you're telling yourself right now? If you were just, who would you be without your story? That's a really difficult thing for people to separate themselves from the narrative they have in their own yeah. mind. You need to med- Everybody needs to meditate, meditate on that for about two or three weeks. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Doesn't seem like we'll get as many comments right away on this <laughs> one. But we'll see that. Do I need a better one? Si, Do I no, need a better that's one? That's a tremendous one. Si, this was super <laughs> Maybe the best question is what book should you buy Not next? Yours. Actually, you know what? Thank you for doing that. Uh, it was the last thing I did want to do. Is the book out? The book comes out in Tuesday. Awesome. But now's the time to pre-orders, punch in those pre-orders. Pre- slam Are you that hustling? Thing. Are you right-hooking? Are you like, hustling. yeah? I'm How are right you feeling? Hooking. I'm feeling super strong. You in are? In fact, we learned a new quote in our team this week. We had some training, and it says, I feel so strong. I feel too strong to war with mortals. Bring me giants. I love that. So I feel too strong to war with mortals. Bring me giants. So you're feeling hungry and excited and hungry, excited and grateful. And is it going well? Yeah, it's going great. Good pre-sales. We've already good? pre-sold. We're um, heading into about eight thousand right now. Oh, which real is, number. Yeah, that's good, good stuff. So we're hoping to hit the list. You never know. But um, what I'm feeling most is the most, list more of like a fun little lightweight competitive thing. Totally for you? fun lightweight. Yeah, yeah. I've been on it. You don't give a fuck it, about it. It didn't list. change my life. But it's like a fun. No. It's like it's me, an author it's thing. It's like me throwing right? a dart at your face, yeah. right? It's like it's, a, it's exactly. a fun competitive thing. It's another yeah. deal. Yeah, it's another deal. But what I'm mostly feeling right now is I've done the work of the book. The universe is going to take it from here. You know, like what it does, it does. It finds its way. You know, but what? I'm feeling mostly grateful. I'm grateful for your support and and, and endorsement note, of my work on and team. Linz, I want to buy 500 copies of this book and put it at the lobby of VaynerMedia. Oh, my God. Gary, that's amazing. Make it sales. Unbelievable. I love you. Thank you so much for being on the show. (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, You keep asking questions. We'll keep answering them. Awesome. 
Podcast listeners, I really appreciate you giving me your ear. I respect it. I appreciate it. You want to one star this shit? Cool. But if you want to five star it, even better.